Hey, it's Krista. Thanks for being here, showing up for yourself, and being curious today. On the Rewilding Humanity podcast, we explore the depths of what it means to be human and how to come back into wholeness, physically, mentally, spiritually. Virtual high five to all you truth seekers out there. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Rewilding Humanity podcast. I'm so pleased to introduce today's guest, my now dear friend, Deidre Siriani. She is such a sparkly gem. I absolutely love her. Deidre and I met online a few months ago and then again recently at an incredible event and now we're blossoming into a new relationship of friendship and all these other really incredible things and I'm just really excited to introduce you to her today. She is powerful. She's an activator and guide to visionaries, leaders, and impact-driven entrepreneurs who are ready to change the world in a big way and are not willing to compromise when it comes to matters of the heart. She is an international best-selling author. She's a TEDx speaker, and her mission is to awaken as many people to the truth of who they are, who they're meant to be, and her work really helps people master their inner world so that they can actualize their genius into reality and make the biggest impacts. Ah, she's also highly intuitive, meaning she has psychic abilities, and so working with her is really unique. I had a really cool experience with Deidre when we were at an event recently. We were like running to each other in the hall and giving each other a big hug. And then she was like, oh my goodness, she's, I just see like your womb is coming out at me. I feel like there's something really big there that we need to explore. And you have all of these colors, these beautiful colors on your left side. And I feel like so many amazing things are coming into your life right now. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh, that's so incredible. And so that's just like part of her gifting, which is really cool and how she's able to help people step into their soul's true calling. So on this episode, we're going to hear about Deidre's incredible awakening story, how she healed her autoimmune issues through getting into alignment with what her soul blueprint is. And we're going to talk about how the soul speaks to you through symptoms. Okay. Um, there's also, we get into a lot of, we get off topic for a little bit and it's really fun. Cause it's just like girlfriends hanging out, but we're talking about relationships a little bit. She just got into a new relationship and she was sharing about like how all of this trauma and these big emotions and stuff are coming up. Her and I have similar experiences with having gnarly relationships in the past with men and she's experiencing something really safe right now and how she's processing that. And I think it's really powerful for people to hear this story because it's something that we really want to work with our nervous system with and embody and an embodiment work when these issues come up, because there's a lot of medicine in there. We're also going to be talking a lot about dropping into feminine wisdom and intuitive work for more ease in your life. And then we're going to talk about, of course, how Deidre helps leaders transform their traumas into their greatest gifts. All right. I think that is enough for this intro. Let's jump into this interview with Deidre. Hello, my beautiful friend. 
I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. How are you, How are you today? I'm so good. I'm feeling like, yeah, I just woke up this morning feeling so good. And I'm excited about this conversation. And I love that it is all about rewilding humanity. Like that really is my jam. So yes, Yay. yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Good. Yeah. How do you feel about that word? I love that word. And I was struggling with the new name of the podcast. It was the first kind of download that came to me. And mm. I was like, mm, I'm not sure if that's right. And I like tried a whole bunch of different other things on. And then the end, I was like, no, I'm going back to like my initial intuitive hit. That's what we're going with. Yeah, I love it. I feel like it's really good because I feel like that's exactly what people need is mm-hmm. to remove the programming, remove all of the stuff, the conditioning that we've taken on that's dimmed us down from really feeling our senses and being who we are. So I think it's perfect. And then humanity, it's of course, everyone and everyone's story of struggle or pain to purpose or whatever the process is, the process of awakening and then nature, you're like one with mother nature, sister, it's Mm -hmm. all connected. So I was watching one of your videos today, actually. And I was like, yes, I'm so excited. I think it's like, perfect. We resist what's for us because it's like, it's almost like a perfect fit where we're like, is this the perfect fit? Let me just go and try on a bunch of things that aren't the perfect fit. And then I'll be like, oh, that was the perfect fit. So maybe that's what's happening in your process. Totally. Yeah. Sometimes I'm I'm learning to just trust those initial intuitive hits and just not question it. There's just this part in me that's, oh no, but maybe it could be better. And oh, maybe it just needs a little tweak. And no, the first thing that came to me is what I'm calling things from now on. Even with some of the products that I'm making in this fall box that I'm launching, one of them is called the magic creamer bar. And then I'm making these cacao coins and I'm like, funny little names and I could probably call them something else but that's what originally came to me and that's what I'm calling them (laughs) yeah it's just trusting yourself and giving yourself permission just to do what do what's you rather than like being I guess influenced by the outside world Mm -hmm. and I'm I think I'm on like the wait list for this box so I'm hoping I'm on it because I was watching your videos and I was like girl I'm on the wait list (laughs) yes you are you are absolutely Oh my God. And everybody listening to this right now, the fall box is still available. So check it out on my Instagram details or at the end of the episode. (laughs) Yay. Okay. Let's get into it. I want to talk about you and your awakening. And I think the first time I was introduced to you and your work, I was listening to the Kid Carson podcast and you had this really cool story and like something about a waterfall. And and I just saw you speak again at Sarah Swain's event that we were both at and it was such a powerful story. So let's start there. Let's start with the big story. The waterfall story? <laughs> like The waterfall story or like the healing story, the awakening story, whatever. Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's start with the healing story. Cause really when I think about awakening, it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight, even though we might think it happens overnight. Yeah. So growing up, I don't know about you, but like my parents are really good at embarrassing me. And, um, when I was born, like I have two older brothers and, um, you know, when I was born, apparently my parents didn't believe it was a girl. So they asked the doctor, are you sure three or four times? Because I look just like my brothers. Like, I think they were in shock and excitement. 
that they had a girl. But every once in a while, they'll bring up the story and I like blushed because I'm like, okay, like I get it guys. But growing up, I grew up with two older brothers and I liked to build things. I had forts. I like tried to keep up with them. And the only thing that really made me the girl of the family, as far as like outside from the foundational things was like my hair. And so I had like really long mermaid hair most of my life. And so about seven years ago, I was standing in my kitchen and I was putting my fingers through my hair. And I realized that something fell off and I didn't really get it. I was like, is it that scar from when I fell when I was younger? I was like, no, that's not it. So I grabbed my phone and I raced to the bathroom and I put on camera mode and I start angling at the back of my head with the mirror, trying to figure out what's going on here. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have a bald spot and it's this big. And if you're listening to this and you're not watching it, it was a, a couple inches wide. It was a big circle, left top corner of my head. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, how did this happen? How do I fix it? Clearly the universe is trying to tell me something because it's going after my hair. And at that point in my life, my, the way people saw me was super important. I always looked perfect. Everything was always perfect and great, right? That was the phase of my life I was in. So I go back to my kitchen. I sit down for a moment to ground. And that's when I hear this voice come out of me and say, if you don't listen to your soul, you're going to manifest cancer and die in the next year. And so I was like, okay. And then I had this flashback to five years prior and I was outside. I had friends and family on both sides of me. I had my friend Marty playing the guitar and singing a song. These by James Blunt. The lyrics are, it's beautiful. It's true. And I'm walking down the aisle with a big smile on my face, excited to marry the man that I think I'm about to spend the rest of my life with. And the same voice says, this just isn't going to work. Mm. and I had never heard this voice before at this point in my life no one taught me what intuition was I thought I was doing everything I was supposed to be doing and I thought I was in love so I said I do now I'm sitting at my kitchen table and I'm remembering this and I'm like oh my gosh I have four different types of autoimmune disease that the doctors at the time couldn't help me with I had chronic pain in my neck and shoulders to the point where my massage therapist actually fired me. She's I can't help you anymore. I was like, cool. Didn't know massage therapists could do that, but all right. And I was depressed to the point of having visions of ending my life. And my husband, every time I was around him, he was telling me who to be, how to be, what I can say, what I can't say, what I can wear, what I can't wear. And it was a very mentally, emotionally abusive relationship. And I realized in that moment, sitting in my kitchen, that could it be that this entire time, ever since I walked down the aisle and I didn't listen to this voice, that my soul has been talking to me through these symptoms of disease, trying to get my attention, but I just haven't been listening. So I made a commitment to myself that day, seven years ago, that I was going to get radically honest with myself. I was going to have courage to sit with the things in my life that were challenging to sit with. And I was going to start taking radical responsibility and taking action. And I had already known what the language of the soul was. I started studying with my very first shaman about 12 years ago. So I knew what was going on, but I wasn't addressing one area of my life, which was my relationship. And 
I did the healing work. I listened to the language of my soul. I did the hard things. And within just a few months, my hair grew back. Even though the doctor said I might continue to lose chunks, haven't lost chunks since my three of the four autoimmune diseases went away. One still comes up when I have a little bit too much going on as like a little universal sign to slow down. Mm -hmm. And my pain went away my depression went away. And then eventually I had the courage to leave that relationship. And so today, a big part of the work that I do with turning your light on waking up to who you are and who you're meant to be is I teach people the language of the soul, because our soul communicates through symptoms. And our body is the house of the soul. And I used to not believe this stuff. I thought it was like super whack until I listened And all of a sudden, all of these symptoms of disease started to go away. And so now I help people heal that and then turn their traumas into their greatest gifts for humanity and then make a bigger impact in the world. So that was like a pretty big wake up call because it was the one area I was like, I don't want to look at this area. I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. I don't want to look at this part though. I'll look at everything else except for this part. The thing that requires the most growth and bravery. Yeah. Every single time. Yeah, I totally get that. And I feel like this is present for so many people, so many people. And we get, we put ourselves into these lives and these circumstances where it's like full of shoulds. I should do this. I should do that. I've already put this much time and effort in, so I have to keep doing it. I've already invested this much money, so I just can't quit. I'm just going to power through. I'm just going to muscle through. Mm -hmm. I see this so much in my own community, especially of like women entrepreneurs, where their bodies are just falling apart because they want to get to the payoff. And I felt like this was definitely present for me in my previous situation with wild remedies where I had just put so much time and energy into it and money and the team that I had built and all of the stories that I had to tell around like why this is the purpose and why this is the mission and all the convincing that you need to do to build a company of that size. But internally there was so much anxiety and there was like waking up at four in the morning freaking out about money and sales and all of these things and I just really felt intuitively this call inside that was just like you need to be more feminine and I'm like hmm okay no like you you really want to just go hang out by the river and sing medicine songs and drum (laughs) and I'm like what No, we're doing something else. We have really important things to do. We're in Whole Foods. We got to go to CHFA. I'm driving to Vancouver all the time, doing all these shows, doing all these markets, doing all this stuff. And really inside my body's just like, no, you fucking hate this. (laughs) No more. And and, and I get it. it. It can be really difficult. But sometimes when you're lucky, and I'm saying this as somebody who's had this happen a couple of times, and when it happens, it doesn't feel like it's lucky. But sometimes the universe will come in and just, no, I'm taking this all the way. Relationship, the whatever it is. If you have the opportunity to make the choice and do it yourself, I feel like there's a lot more gifts in that for you, (laughs) like in your case. But 
in my stubborn ass's case, I've had to go through processes where it's okay, no, we're just going to take this away from you now. And hopefully you can ride through that wave with some grace and recognition that, oh, okay, there's something bigger and better that's happening here, but it can still be difficult. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Listening to the nudges rather than getting like slammed by the universe. Right. uh, That's so powerful. And we met around that time when you were in it. Mm -hmm. So it's really uh, beautiful just to see you on the other side of that. And it's funny that your soul or your body was like, you just want to drum by the river. I've had some similar experiences where I'm really being guided in this next phase that I'm stepping into to focus mainly on women. And because I grew up in a household where it's like the masculine was rewarded for being the masculine. So deconstructing that and being like, it's safe and okay to not always be going creating. And this last year, I went through a period where I was feeling super disconnected from my work, even though I love it. Like I, I love the work that I do, but I just wasn't feeling it anymore. And I'm emotionally driven. So if I'm super excited about something, it's like everyone feels it, but I was trying to make things happen because things have always been happening. And I forced myself to take three months off aside from one year long program that I facilitate. And it was such a powerful experience to remind myself of like the things that make me happy, which is like dance, play, travel, and just like going with the flow and not having all this structure. And I think as women, we can get overly structured with ourselves and forget our intuition, our flow, our inspiration. And so, yeah, I totally get that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I lived in the masculine for so long. It was all about achievement and about checking off items on my never ending to-do list. And it's just exhausting. And it's funny. It's quite an adjustment being in a space now where it's, oh, I have so much time. (laughs) I don't even know what to do with myself. What do I want to do? What do Mm -hmm. I want to do right now? It's like this process of rediscovering. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just so much spaciousness. And the spaciousness is necessary for calming your nervous system and clarity. Mm -hmm. And if we don't give ourselves that space, we can't force clarity. Even if a coach or someone that we know is, I see you doing this and it's so obvious until we're actually ready to receive that next level of whatever we're stepping into. It doesn't have to be a big step of achievement, but if we're always going, we're avoiding. I know for me, like I hired a coach a couple of years ago and specifically I was like, I want a version of me, but older, who's been doing this much longer because I'm very quick at helping people. Cause I see their soul or I just see so many different parts of them speaking to me. So I hired this woman. And one of the first things she said to me is you're going to do, you're going to work one hour a day <laughs> for the next three months when we work together. And I just remember being like, not, I wasn't having an anxiety attack, but it was like, it was really hard. And I was living in Mexico at the time. And I just saw so much of this programming and shadow around my worth is directly connected to what I produce. Mm -hmm. And it was actually really sad for me to look at because I'm like, oh, if I'm not producing what, where's my worth? 
And really sitting with that was so uncomfortable. But as a result of slowing down and doing nothing, I had huge financial months, like massive, because I was playing, I was doing less, I was more attuned with the work that I was doing. And that I feel is the the feminine way. It's like, really just pouring the love and the intention into the work versus hustling, or like forcing or manipulating. And really, anytime we're forcing, we're, we're trying to manipulate reality. And that can never be sustainable. Mm, okay, that's really powerful. And uh, funny story. I also was living in Mexico for a while. And I was going through just such a brutal time with the person in the last relationship that I was in. And I was introduced to a coach who got on a call with me. And he just saw the state that I was in and was like, <laughs> I'm like, oh no. He's like, Krista, what if I told you that you need to take a year off? And I just started sobbing. And I was like, how? I'm like, no, like I need to make money. Like I can't just stop all the things. And I have this other business and I have, I have all of this stuff. I was like, absolutely not. That's completely out of the question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that's a big part of so many women have to be self-sustainable right now and produce for themselves. We have a huge epidemic of singleness and not that it's bad, but there is an aspect of it that is dysregulated and women feel like they have to be more in their masculine in order just to provide for themselves. We don't have that provider and protector aspect of the relationship. That is really something that our nervous systems need and (laughs) cherish, but it's something that we're working through as a collective right now. And I chose to ignore that because I was like, that is out of the question that that makes no sense. And I kept pushing and pushing through this completely unaligned relationship and pushing through this business and pushing through all of this stuff. And I destroyed my body, like just the anxiety and depression alone from annihilating my adrenals, which were already very taxed, took a good year and a half to just start regulating. And like, I'm still working through that. And it was like four or five years ago. (laughs) It's, and that's the thing that the body women, we need time to heal Mm. on like a mental and emotional level. And then also the physical level and relationship. You mentioned you were in a relationship, right? The first thing that came up for me when you said that was I was thinking of a relationship I was in a couple of years ago, around the same time, maybe different. And it took me over six months to recover energetically from it Mm -hmm. just because it was like super out of balance. And yeah, our bodies take time. We take time to heal. We're like nature. (laughs) We need the seasons too, right? Like we can have the summer season, but if we're constantly forcing ourselves to be in summer, the bright light stage of I'm out there, everything's great, but we don't give ourselves the winter to rest or the fall to release or the spring to sprout and bloom, then we are not honoring nature. And we're actually not being in alignment with spirituality because spirituality is about being is about honoring our spirit and honoring everyone else's spirit, which means being one with nature and mm-hmm. our, we are nature. And so when I hear that, I'm like, wow, cause I can feel it. As soon as you said, you got on the call with the coach, I actually could feel your discomfort. That's like, oh man, like I could just feel it. 
but yeah, it's like sometimes the longer we push away what we need in balance, the more we're going to have to sometimes stay in it in order to get back into our seasonal way of being as humans. That's what I'm seeing a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's making me think about, uh, I'm having like this conflict with winter right now. I don't enjoy winter. I enjoy it up to a certain point. And then I'm just like, I miss the light. And uh, it's really hard. In Canada, we have such long winters. Mm-hmm. And I lived a few years overseas and really love that. And I've been feeling called to do some more traveling and stuff this year. And, but there's a part of me that is, okay, what am I avoiding though? I I think that there's probably a lot of medicine. Yes, still go and do some traveling and stuff, but maybe don't avoid the whole season in order to be able to sit in that medicine as well. I freaking love this. So I was on a call with a few girlfriends of mine. We have these, we have a mastermind that we do every uh, second week and all of us have been nomadic. All of us have lived in different places. Many of us lived in Mexico at the same time. And For me personally, similar to you, maybe different. I want to hear more about your story is I'm feeling like I've been resisting Vancouver for three years because pre-pandemic, I was traveling around. I was living out of Bali. I had a small suitcase. It was really fun and light and I was really inspired all the time. Then pandemic happened, forced back to Canada, or I felt that way. And I was like, oh, I'm in Vancouver. And there's there's like this internal battle of I don't want to be here. And just like maybe a few months ago, um, because I was considering moving to the Okanagan, which I still think I'll end up there at some point, is I was like, you know what, I'm going to stay here until I'm strongly and divinely called somewhere else. Yes. Fully aligned. Yeah. Right. Because sometimes me or we can go and say, I want to feel this way. So I'm going to insert myself into a new community or space, which is fun. I'm super adaptable. I can get along with anyone. And for me this winter, I'm like, oh, am I going to go to Bali? Am I going to go to Mexico? I'm like, maybe it will just be a couple week or maybe a month long trip, but I'm going to stay here as a home base. And that's been this, it's almost like my roots want to go deeper because there's more medicine there, but also there's more nourishment there. And there's something about the conversation that's been happening in my mastermind or friendship mastermind that we're in that we're all having this same awakening around traveling's fun, but it also can be an avoidance Mm -hmm. to dealing with what your home brings up for you, your community and your space. And if you're not getting what you need in your community and your space in your home, can't you just create that yourself? So this conversation around avoidance or running away from self or problems or challenges is a theme that I'm hearing. So I want to hear more about this. If you feel called to share. Yeah, (laughs) that's exactly the epiphany that I've received as well. Mm -hmm. I like as wild remedies was going under and I was like, okay, my purpose is now in the tank. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And somebody asked me, what are you going to do if this happens? And I'm like, I don't know, fuck, go to Portugal. (laughs) Portugal's great. I love it. But it's also a mechanism, like you mentioned, it's, it's running away. It's trying to put new experiences and distractions and food and meeting new people and all of these things 
in a, a, as a way to to distract and mm-hmm. I remember this is something that I had done after I left Malaysia in 2014 I moved uh, to Malaysia and I worked for a company called Mind Valley for two and a half years and it was one of the first times where I just felt like I deeply belonged to a community there was 200 of us there in the office people from 45 different countries Everybody was so amazing, all into personal growth. We we did tons of traveling and stuff together. I also had two really incredible roommates, two guys that I just loved so much. We did everything together. But my soul was just like, no, you're not meant to be here. You're not employable. You got to get out of here. By the end of the two years, I was definitely ready to leave the company. But then I had to leave all the people. And we would call it, everybody experienced the same thing when you left that company, because you went from the safety of this was almost like being in college or something. It was like a fraternity or whatever they call it. Um, You leave and you have the Mind Valley hangover is what Mm -hmm. they call it. And then you're fuck, what do I do now? It's I don't want to go back to my hometown because that kind of feels like defeat. And I don't feel like I resonate with that place anymore. And then you just wander around. And that's what I feel like I did for gosh, what was it another like, three years after that? I lived in Europe for a while in Mexico and the States and all over the place. And there is a vulnerability in choosing somewhere to cultivate relationships and community but it takes time yeah and I noticed that I'm really good I can make a bunch of friends in places and I have friends all over the place and all over the world but when you leave you there, there there's a disconnection right and then you're starting all over again in a new place and to me it just feels community I know for a fact that's in all of my charts and stuff. It's like community is a really important aspect for me and what I'm building. Mm -hmm. And that may be, there may be an online aspect to that, which is great, but it just, it doesn't replace physical community. And that's such a huge healing that so many of us need right now because of the disconnect in this world and that everyone is feeling. We have epidemic of loneliness and it's a big focus that we need to be working on right now, I feel. Mm-hmm. And I love the piece around avoidance, right? Like I'd be avoiding this. It's just another way of a quick fix, right? Yeah. Oh, I don't want to deal with this or feel this. So I'm going to distract myself. It doesn't mean we can't have fun and travel. Like I love that. Yeah. stuff. And it's also, I think a good question to ask ourselves when we are wanting to go and do something outside of ourselves or even a pattern that we have could I be avoiding something? And that can take some introspection because for me, a couple of years ago, I'd be like, no way, definitely not avoiding anything. But now it's, oh yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love this conversation and just like the safety of community. I recently, I'll get a little vulnerable here is I recently have felt so safe in a connection, like a new connection that I've had in relationship that it actually brought up a lot of trauma, like a lot of like really intense trauma, like yesterday, like it happened last night. Like, oh my God. I'm literally going through something very similar. I can't wait oh, to talk with you about this. Oh after. Yeah. Okay. So I'll break it down without getting too much into the details. Cause it's, it's a very fresh relationship yeah. and I'm like blushing, but this person has been so sweet 
so mm-hmm. consistent. So like everything that I've wanted to call and I've been single mainly for four years on purpose and mm-hmm. I'm keep men at an arm's distance because yeah, I'm just aware of what I'm looking for and also aware of what, what doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And so this man's come in, he's super safe, super consistent, all in from the beginning. And it's very exciting and fun. And also there's, he sent, I'll just tell you what he did. So he sent me this package in the mail. He doesn't live here. He lives in Eastern Canada. And he sent me this package in the mail and it was a box with different steps, like open up box number one first. And then there's like instructions, two, three, four, five, six, seven, whatever. And he lives Eastern Canada right now, but we met in BC actually just a few weeks ago. And so I'm opening all these things and they're so cute. And I'm so like a, I love thoughtful things like that. And basically he asked me to be his girlfriend in the, (laughs) oh my God, why is that so cute? I can't even. (laughs) love this shit is I'm like a little girl it like with like beginning of relationships it just makes me feel so sweet and so this guy like when he met me he's you're it I'm all in and I was just like it it felt nice there's so much alignment but also okay not my first rodeo like I okay okay but he's been so consistent and we'll see what happens but he sent me this box I'm opening up the box I'm like seriously this is the cutest most thoughtful things are all these different gifts and different things for me to do and then he asked me if if I want to be his girlfriend and all these other things I'm like this is so freaking cute and so it's so cute and I know we're gonna drop into community in a second but I always like to talk my edge is talking about like what's real for me now that's how I feel like I'm the most valued for teaching. And so I open this box. It's great. And then later in the day, we talk on the phone and he's asking me how I'm feeling. (laughs) And I like all of a sudden my whole body like turned into like this brick stone. And he's, Hey, let's like, can we go in a little bit deeper to that? And I was just like, and And I just started crying and crying and he did the sweetest act, totally aligned. He's been like, he's passed so many little tests that us feminine do maybe consciously, some not so conscious. And I'm crying because I'm like, I don't know if this is real. And like, I'm having the trauma response because of this and this. And I just totally bawled. And it was like some really heavy stuff I was telling him about. And then after... I was breathing. I'm like, oh, thank you for like holding this piece. Yeah, I understand why you feel that way. And then everything's good. So that's one experience. That was last night. Okay. A week ago, something came up that triggered something from the past. And I'm on the phone with him. I'm rubbing my forehead and I can see all my old programming on the right. That's it's not safe to trust a man. It's not safe to be vulnerable, blah, 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 blah. This is just going to happen again. And then there's this beautiful man in front of me who's openly communicating, being clear, like everything. And I'm between these two worlds of this programming could have taken over, or I could choose this programming and I worked through it with him. So I guess the moral of the story that I really want to share is of course, I want to tell you all about this off of the podcast, but <laughs> it, sometimes when what we truly want shows up for us, it can bring up a lot of trauma and old stuff to the surface to heal. And it's, it was like my whole body shut down last night. Like I told, it was like, I was a brick and then it brought me back to something there, like a very deep trauma from five years ago that I did heal. Like I specialize in trauma. I healed, but 
this part could only be fully healed in the relationship with a man who's not that. And so when I think about community and sometimes how we might avoid putting roots down, because there is a vulnerability in that our deepest wounds get activated in order to heal when we fully choose to be in community with others. And I do feel like that is one of the reasons why so many people, at least I see this and I've been there, we get into this lone wolf syndrome. Like we're popular, we have fun in different groups, but at the end of the day, we're a lone wolf because we can keep people at a distance um, so that we're in control. At least this is how I've been and I can recognize in other people And so this whole situation with this new man is just like blowing my mind. I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, we're going there. The community is very much very similar in a way. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing that. And I'm so glad you did because I feel like I'm going through something so similar. But yeah, honestly, like being seen is tricky and it can bring up so much when you're programming because I was the same way lone wolf for pretty much my whole life right really wanting depth and like getting some from like certain places and experiences and stuff but always putting stuff and behaviors in my way that would create some sort of separation whether it was all through my 20s and a lot of my 30s drinking alcohol right Mm -hmm. I don't enjoy drinking anymore because I'm just like I don't feel connected I'll have a drink and be like oh like the connection's gone Mm -hmm. so weird I used to use that as a tool to connect with people and I'm like no this actually feels gross this feels like less connection now and not deeply wanting to be seen but yeah again doing certain things potentially out of integrity or not allowing people in enough to actually get that connection that you're really craving and so when you do find people I found this at so Sarah's event that we were recently at spent time with a couple of amazing brothers just incredible men very conscious we spent a lot of time together and had so much fun and I found myself sobbing on my drive home being like what the fuck is going on what is happening here my nervous system was all dysregulated and whatever and I've been processing it over the past few days and I'm just like oh wow okay it's like something showed up here with people that I really want like craved for such a long time and I feel like it's happening at a level that I've always wanted and also really deeping or really missing and wanting more connection with the masculine like in terms of like friendships and all of those things and yeah my body just fell apart and and I watched this anxiety and all of these things and I was quite exhausted for several days I feel like I'm still recovering from it because with like all of this this trauma was up and I'm like what is going on here it's wild Yeah, it's so wild. And those two men are awesome. I know who they are. They're awesome. And uh, I do feel like when we have what we need and we're safe, that's where the stuff, the content can come up Mm -hmm. and activate. And there's two things we can do. We can run away from it, avoid it, or we can sit with it and see our old, I say content because it's stuff that's happened in the past, reveal itself. And I know for me, when I was on this call the other night with this man that I'm seeing, I said yes to being his girlfriend. I said, okay, we can do that. (laughs) You sound like such a little girl. But but with that uh, 
Um, I think what I was wanting to say there is that when we're, when our content comes up, it's from the past. And when we run away from it, we're actually like, whether it's the person, the situation, whatever it is, we're actually rejecting a part of ourselves because Mm -hmm. there's content that's come up for me over the last, let's say three months, four months. I've gone through a lot of stuff around the heart. I'm writing a book on love right now. And there's a lot of like relational stuff that I want to put out next year. And it's like initiations of the heart initiations of like boundaries initiations of all this stuff and the things that come up sometimes I'm like oh I don't really want to deal with that because I don't really that I feel that way and I don't really want to sit with that because I'm judging myself for feeling that so if we can just be like okay I'm feeling this way this is what's coming up for me can I breathe that in and accept it it's uncomfortable, but the acceptance is a part of the integration and welcoming that part back. And then am I able to speak that into the space? If there's a conversation of vulnerability of this is activating this within me, and this is the story I'm telling myself or the stuff that's coming up, the content and, and in the relationship is where so much is healed, whether it's an intimate relationship or in community, but I really do feel it's about accepting the parts of ourselves that feel really icky and sticky that may feel unlovable. And for me, a lot of the stuff that's, will I still be lovable if yeah. I reveal this about myself and that's really vulnerable stuff. Yep. It hurts. It can be really hard. There's a lot of bravery that is required in order to do the vulnerable things for sure. Yeah. I've had to take many deep breaths and yeah, share a lot of very vulnerable things, not only with people in my community, but just with myself over the past few days, it's been, yeah, quite intense, but really transformed really good now. excited for you. I'm like, yeah, this feels good. But this is this is the nitty gritty of healing. And you can do all this stuff alone. You can go to all the seminars, you can read a bunch of books, you can do a lot of trauma therapy or processes. But at the end of the day, it's really in relationship where the deeper healing happens. And you can't avoid it forever. Because you're also in relationship with yourself. Yes, yes. And honestly, and I I hear this conversation coming up more and more lately, where so many of us have done the quote unquote work, but really we haven't, right? We have all the information. I've done the conscious relationship training. I've listened to the podcast. I've read all the books. I've built to actually put that stuff into play. You have to be in a city you have to put yourself in vulnerable situations. And that always happens (laughs) through your relationships. And I'm really realizing that now where it's, yeah, I have a ton of knowledge, which is good. It's still super, super helpful because then when you get confronted by something, you then have tools, but you still have to work it out. It's not just, oh, I read the book once and now I know how to do it. No, it's going to be fucking messy and it's going to (laughs) hurt. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And this is where like projection comes on really strong when maybe we people aren't willing to look at themselves. We project onto other, oh, the other person was the problem. Oh, they didn't want to get close. They didn't want, we as humans, and I see this so much in the spiritual space. It's not even just the spiritual space. It's everywhere. We label and we assume that we know what's going on with someone else versus actually having a conversation with someone else and being like, hey, like, what happened for you during this situation? Like what came to the surface and all of that? There's so much 
projection and projection is protection for from ourselves looking within ourselves and taking responsibility or doing the hard thing which is usually an act of vulnerability so it's it's so much easier for me to be like Krista is this or she's going through this and, and that puts a wall up where I don't have to meet you halfway and be vulnerable with myself and be seen mm-hmm. and so I think that in communication in relationship we have to dismantle this illusion that we've created of projection on other people feeling that we've had them figured out. And like, when I think about like the turning your light on, waking up to who you are, I talk a little bit about my story of losing the chunk of hair and all these things that were going on from the outside, looking in, everyone thought I had a perfect life. Everything was together. Like I was so good at playing that role that I didn't even know I was playing that role. I was at like maybe a stage one of turning my light on, but externally people would be like, oh, she's living on purpose. She has everything she wants, but I wasn't. So the biggest mystery or truth that can be revealed isn't through what how we see other people. It's whether or not we're willing to go deep within ourselves and they're willing to reveal what's really going on internally. Because I can walk around and act like I have my whole life figured out all the time. And sometimes I do because I feel that everything's going well. And then there's like relational stuff or things that I'm working through. But I think in the world that we live in, one of the things to rewild humanity is also to not project where we think someone's at versus where they're actually at and how our projections put walls up and block the truth and true healing. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. Okay. So <laughs> lots of deep breaths. Yeah. No, this is divine timing for sure. Okay. Yeah. We were like, Oh gosh, we're getting close to the end of our time. I really want for you to tell everybody who's listening here how you work with people. Cause like you have a very special gift and I want to share this story. It was so sweet. Deidre and I were just at an event together and I'm walking down the hallway and she's just done her incredible talk and she's in this beautiful sparkly dress and she's glittering walking down the hallway. She comes running out to me and she's like, oh, just so so excited to see each other and then she's oh my goodness your your womb is just coming out at me right now she's I can see things with people's bodies and like your womb it's it's just coming out at me and over here like you have all of the spark like this these colors and things like there's so many beautiful things coming for you right now so let's talk a little bit about some of those gifts that you have and how that makes you just so divinely qualified to help people turn on their light and walk into their gifts Love that. You're so cute. <laughs> All these colors over here. That's totally what happened. I was like, oh. um, so I woke up to my spiritual gifts when I was about 20 and I thought I was going crazy naturally. Cause there wasn't like a regular conversation people were ha- um, having. And so it was like all of a sudden I could start to feel and see connection between what I could see around people in disease. So if people were to get diagnosed with something, I remember someone that I knew got diagnosed with like lung cancer. And I just remember saying out loud, Oh, I wish I could have told them, or I wish I knew how to tell them. I wish I could have warned them. So I always had this responsibility of feeling like I wish I could save everyone, which I don't know if it's a savior complex or what, but I started to see connections between energies around people's bodies and disease and also smells. When I'm around people today, 
and I've refined my gifts a lot is I'm able to see disease in people's bodies. So for example, sometimes like I remember going and getting a mortgage for my house and the mortgage lady, her thyroid was popping out and it was like, please tell her about her thyroid. So I like gently wove in, oh, thyroid health this, thyroid health that. So one of the gifts that I have is I'm able to see disease on people's bodies because I just can. And I can see where the emotional um, trauma came from and also what needs to be worked through in order to heal it. Sometimes that's plants. So I'll get like herbs and stuff that show up and I'll have to Google it and I'll be like, okay, maybe take this tea or do this thing. I'm definitely not an herbalist or anything like that. It's very intuitive, but I can see disease in people's bodies. I can also see where people may have emotional blocks in their body and also where their greatest gifts are. So when I walked by you, your womb was like out of your body. And I was like, oh my gosh, girl, your womb. And then I knew that some of the work that you are going to step into, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this off podcast later this week, is really about like feminine health and a lot of other pieces with that. It just feels so powerful. So when I work with people, People's bodies speak to me, their souls speak to me, your ancestors, your guides speak to me, they come in and they give me messages, sometimes we'll do healings, I work with the Akashic Records, I work with your higher self, when I work with entrepreneurs, will actually show me exactly where people are meant to be. And sometimes the human self that I'm working with is, I really want to do this. And I'm like, okay, so I'll be on like the human plane working with you to work through the blocks that are blocking you from actually seeing where you're meant to be. And, and then we collapse timelines by removing the obstacles and the rules that you've created that you think that you need to step into and overcome in order to have what you want. So when we're working with our higher intelligence, it gives us a very clear image, but on the human level, we have programming, we have trauma, we have our personality, we have our fears, our projections, we have all these uh, ways of being that block us from having what we want. And we're like, oh, when I do this, then I can have this. So it's like a staircase. And what I help people do is I help them knock out their staircase and then just take the step towards where they're meant to be and bypass the stuff that's actually a distraction. So that's like with the coaching intuitive work for stepping into your next level of impact, next level of influence on a personal level. And then also like I've been channeling codes for years. I work uh, very closely with Egypt and I channel a lot of codes that help activate people for different reasons. Sometimes you could say it's a DNA thing. Sometimes it's something that you need to unlock something within you. I consider myself a medicine woman without using plant medicine in ceremony and with people. So it's coaching container, but very deep, very aligned and very connected to where people are meant to be. And then I help them accelerate their path to impact and just get them on the right track quickly. And, and then I support people in the business realm of getting on stages and growing their business, like specific things they can do to expand their impact. But I think my superpowers are really on seeing what's actually real for people and helping them move all of the muck and the things that aren't actually them so that they can shine. Mm, oh my gosh, it's so powerful. Yeah. And how many people do you find that you work with that are just totally off track? Do you, do, do most people kind of sense the place where their soul is really calling to go and they're stepping into that? Or are there some people that are just like totally doing the wrong thing at the point where disease is manifesting? What types of people do you generally work with? Yeah. So I work with mainly people who know that they're here for something more 
Mm-hmm. Oftentimes people who have already been successful and they're like, I know this isn't it. I need to transition. So that's a, a common theme of people that I work with. And I also work with people who are already on their path to purpose. And they're like, I'm, I want Deidre to help me go global. That's a theme. People come to me and they're like, you're the person that's supposed to help me. I'm like, okay, great. Like we'll work together. And then there's, I'm thinking about a client of mine that I worked with not too long ago. Actually, she was working in a corporate job that was the total opposite, total out of alignment. And within just a few months now, she's fully clear on her new path and it's all Mm -hmm. like out there and it's her own business and it's beautiful. So it, it depends. Most people are just ready for a big change. Mm -hmm. or upgrade with their purpose and with their life. And that's when they come to me. I love working with like up and coming planetary leaders. Like I had a vision years ago, like five years ago, and I was looking down on the world and I was turning people's lights on, which is has birthed the turn your light on book, my event and a core program of mine. I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to like wake people up to who they are so that they can see and they can. And then around me, there were all these planetary leaders. So I'm here to help wake up humanity alongside other planetary leaders and also dial up planetary leaders so that they can make a bigger impact with their medicine and their gifts. So that's two areas that I mainly support people with waking people up and then supporting planetary leaders to step into that higher level of impact and influence. Mm, I love that. That's so beautiful and powerful and exciting. And oh, I'm so glad that we have incredible people like you. Oh my gosh. I'm excited about people like you. (laughs) Oh, okay. So tell me how all the different ways that people can work with you, learn from you. You mentioned the book, you mentioned being on stage, all of these different things. What offerings do you have right now for people to connect? Yeah. So I got my book, Turn Your Light On. It's on Amazon. It's also on Audible. And then I have a really powerful eight-week program that a lot of people have gone through and it's called Turn Your Light On. And it's really the foundational work I've been doing for years now on like healing trauma, transforming trauma into your greatest gifts, removing um, mental, emotional patterns that are blocking you from actually stepping into your gifts and owning them. And then I do some private work only with a few people at a time, because basically I go really deep with people and I only work with like very select people for that. So that's very selective. And then I have a year long program that's uh, launching again in uh, end of October. And it's a leadership and business development program where I uh, help people dial up their leadership, there's masterminding, and then also helping people get booked on stages, mastering their signature talk and getting their gifts out into the world with scalable products where they're helping more people, but having more freedom, and then also really leveling up on a personal level. So those are the main offerings that I have. And then in the new year, there will be some new pieces of magic coming out with relationship in the feminine and the masculine. Mm -hmm. And I'm super excited to help men heal their hearts because men come to me specifically, it's just organically happened to help them heal their hearts and then helping women heal their hearts and awaken their bodies. So I have some exciting offerings in the new year for that. And then sometimes people hire me to come into their companies and work with their teams on like culture. I I work in a lot of different spaces, but the commonality is I help people wake up to who they are and who they're meant to be their full potential. And I just bring these gifts into different containers. I love that you have such a large range and like who you're helping. And that's so cool that you get to go into corporations too. Cause yeah, that's really powerful. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as you're talking, I'm just like, ooh, I have all these little pings of, ooh, collaboration. I think there's collaboration here. I'm excited. I think there is that. collaboration. I was thinking about that earlier. I was like, oh, the thing in the new year, it's called, I won't say the title yet, but yeah, <laughs> collaboration <laughs> all the way. Yay. Yay. I love it. <laughs> Okay, beautiful soul. We're at time. I could just talk to you forever. I'm so excited. We're going to connect more this week. I'm so excited. And I feel like there's more here. I feel like we need a part two. I would love to have you back on the podcast again. I would love to come back and talk about rainbows and waterfalls and all the things. Yes, we got to get into that waterfall story. Stay tuned, everybody, for the waterfall story on the next episode with Deidre. For everyone listening, thank you so much for tuning in with us today and being here for this beautiful conversation. I hope you were inspired. I know I was. There was a lot of medicine in this conversation. So thank you so much, my friend, for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Okay, everyone, we'll catch you on the next episode. For today, I appreciate you so much supporting this project. Here's to truth, unity, the mystical, and the magical. If you want to connect more, hit me up on the gram at magic, M-A-G-I-C-K dot maven. I'm a lover and maker of herbal potions, beautiful environments, brands, adventures, and wild crafts. So if that's something that lights you up, I am always up to some wacky adventure and would love to connect with you there. If you feel called to share this episode, please do. This is a passion project. I'm not doing any sponsorship at this time, so it would mean the world. Thanks again and see you on the next episode.